0: Thanks for tuning into the Let's Get Ready Network, the place for coverage of all the things you love. On this feed, we cover movies, TV, video games, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can do so on our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. And please, leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. What's good? What's happening, everybody? It's your boy Ferris Montana. And welcome to a special edition of LGRN Reviews. This special episode, it is gonna be a season one recap of Winning Time, the TV show based on the book Showtime, uh, about the Los Angeles Lakers in the 80s, that is now airing on HBO Max. Uh, every Sunday. So make sure to make sure to watch that. So this episode, we're gonna take you through season one because season two has already started. Uh our episode, our season Two episode one review is going to come out after this so be on the lookout for that but i'm not alone i'm never alone i'm going to take this journey with my main man from up north winnipeg's <laughs> most voluptuous man
1: oh wow voluptuous
0: yeah all right
1: fine i'll take I was it
0: say, I, I was gonna say eligible bachelor but then i realized you're married no. made no sense
1: i think voluptuous yeah. is a it's a take it or leave a term, isn't it? But uh, I'll yeah. take it. You know what? It's it's not. It's definitely not the worst thing you've ever called me. So yeah, that's you true. know. Just, you know what? I'll, you take the win. You take the win. Take the win. You can Rob. Get it. Just take like the, the nineteen seventy nine eighty uh, Los Angeles Lakers, you just take that win.
0: Yeah, but before before uh, before we uh, get into the review, that that was Rob Snark. By the way, I just want to point a little message up there, a little message for everybody. This film, this video, was filmed during the 2023 WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, this series being covered here would not exist. Nope. So I want everyone to know that where we stand on the strikes. Yep. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Rob, um, season one. Um, how did you feel about it? How did you like it when they said this show's coming out? Or your initial feelings?
1: Oh, I was very excited for it. Uh, not, uh, famously, not a Lakers fan. Uh, I've never been a Lakers fan, but of course, uh, and this is coming on the the heels of the, uh, uh, the documentary that uh, came out about the bulls and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, I was incredibly excited and, uh, I think it, I thought it worked really well. Now, uh, this, uh, program is not a documentary obviously. no it's not um there's a, a it is a dramatized uh, a, a idea of events that happened uh the, i guess uh, there's been uh some of the athletes and stuff involved have uh, been critical but maybe it's been a little too dramatized or whatever but um if it wasn't would i really be interested in the 79 80 Lakers I'm just kidding. uh mm-hmm. it, yeah it was it was no it's still good and uh there's incredible characters in this and I think uh, incredible actors um or uh, at least uh, the jobs they did were were incredible mm-hmm. um I would say starting right from the get go and you get to meet uh Dr. Jerry Buss and he's played by John C Reilly one of my yeah. favorites one of my favorites and I love John C Reilly Knocked it out of the park. Now, uh, the, it's the entire thing's produced by Adam McKay. Uh, I believe he only directs this for the first episode, mm-hmm. though. Uh, mm-hmm. But his—you could tell—it's an Adam McKay show throughout. Uh, multiple fourth wall breaks, multiple per episode, multiple fourth wall breaks, and just—I really enjoyed the uh, the look of it. It looks 1979. Um, it reminds me of, like, the uh, the porno, like, when they're filming the porno scenes in uh, Boogie Nights and stuff like that. just mm-hmm. has that feel that you're, like, in that world at that yeah. time, which I really enjoyed. Um, but getting back to uh, John C. Reilly's Doctor Bus, uh, you get a good sense of who this man is uh, right off the get-go. Um, you know what he was a doctor in? He got a doctor in chemistry. Chemistry, yeah. Uh, which, but, which is
0: which is kind of weird because he then becomes a real estate tycoon.
1: Yeah. It, it's, it's weird how life takes you. So yeah. he, he ends up getting the Lakers uh, out from under uh, Jack Kent Cook. If you didn't know who Jack Kent Cook was, uh, <laughs> many people have called him one of the best sports owners ever, including Michael Wilbon. Uh, he's a Canadian guy. Uh then tried to uh, uh, bring a baseball team up to Toronto and didn't work. So he went down south. His brother was a uh, uh, American citizen. So he got to buy cablevision companies. And mm-hmm. then he uh, had the chance to uh, uh, bring a NHL team to uh, Los Angeles when they were uh, uh, expanding in 1967. And I believe he already had a piece of the Lakers as well. They were playing out of a different arena Uh, The guys that uh, were there said, nope, uh, none to you. Uh, So he said, fine, I'm going to build my own building in Inglewood. So that's where the Fabulous Forum comes around. He owns the the Lakers, the Kings. The Kings are never talked about when uh, Jerry Buss buys the show. Like, they never talk about the Kings, I believe, in this entire— Yeah, because he
0: buys them as a package deal. People do not forget that. He bought both of them in the initial sale. But due to the fact that the Kings sucked— no one cared about hockey in L.A. until Wayne Gretzky showed up. And then mm-hmm. even then, still no one cared, even though they have multiple Stanley Cups to their name. We'll see.
1: To be fair, I don't care about the Kings either. And if, uh, yeah. if their arena burnt down, pff, I'd have a good night's Fun sleep.
0: fact about the Fabulous Forum, I actually walked past it when I was in L.A. two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I was very excited because I walked past the uh, the underground entrance to the Forum Club. There was a oh, security- sure. Yeah, there's a security guard there. So I just stood there and kind of stared at it and he stared at me. He was like, "Yo, what's up? What's wrong with this dude?" Him not knowing <laughs> that I'm I'm my brain went back to 19, eight, 1981. Yeah. And just picturing Magic Johnson and Whoopi Goldberg and S- Stallone and and Arnold, they're walking down there, supermodel after supermodel, just walking in there, and I'm just like, "Yo, you know how many people like like if I walk down that hallway, I'll be walking down the hallway of kings and queens, man. Like it's insane. <laughs> I, literal like,
1: kings, literal kings.
0: Yeah, literal kings, bro. But yeah, man, I'm with Rob. You 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 feel the veneer of the '80s. Oh yeah. You know, like the way it's shot. Um, it, it, it looks like it's shot on tape delay. Yeah. Like you know like the like which is funny to me because the Lakers, uh, the Lakers Boston rivalry saved the NBA finals in the NBA because you used to, you, you you would film the finals at like five o'clock in the afternoon and then you would air the finals after the nightly news, which was around eight or 10 depending on the time zone. Right. It's incredible. So, so there's actually an NBA finals where no one, no one, no, everyone knows who won, but there barely is any tape of it because I think the tape was destroyed or it was contaminated. It was the New York Knicks' second world title. Mm, yeah. People, people who were there and the right and the journalists, they know the Knicks won the championship. They know it was aired once. But now the tape is gone. There is no tape of it. There's no tape of that of that NBA finals game that they clinched. It, it was it just, it just vanished. Like it's like no no one knows where it is. It wasn't preserved correctly. There isn't a lot of There isn't a lot of tape of the 70s NBA Finals, which I believe in the 70s, one of the greatest eras of NBA basketball, because, Rob, there were eight different champions in that decade.
1: There was also direct competition back then, too, with the ABA as well. So uh, Mm -hmm. uh, it was like the NHL had that same kind of thing as well with the WHA. Well,
0: well, here's the thing, Rob. Here's the thing. The funny thing about the ABA, the ABA didn't want to be direct competition. No, they wanted to create a league for the NBA to buy. That was the end goal. To be bought out by the NBA, you know, like most tech companies, you you create a tech company, you make it so good that, you know, Twitter or or you know Microsoft or Facebook or you know or you know or Sony buys it. Like that's what that's what the tech game is really about. You make a tech thing, you get bought by the the bigger fish. Eat the small fish. That's what the ABA wanted. That's why the Spirits of St. Louis were like, hey man, why, why don't you want us? And they're like, no, we don't want you. We don't want to be in St. Louis. We'll take Indiana.
1: Famously, the Flint Tropics as well.
0: Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah. no, we're kidding. But yeah, like New I, Jersey
1: though. New Jersey came in. Yeah, the uh, New Jersey Nets, which mm-hmm. were the
0: which were the New York Knicks Nets, but they had moved to New Jersey because people in New York only cared about the Knicks. There wasn't yeah. fit for two teams to this day.
1: Nobody, nobody cares about the Knicks.
0: Shut up, Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there were the um, there were the Indiana Pacers of the ABA. Ah, uh, the San Antonio Spurs of the ABA yep. and our current NBA champions, which is funny enough, the Denver Nuggets were an ABA team
1: yeah
0: um a couple of ABA teams did go under you know the Oakland Oaks um the North carolina um the north Car- the Kentucky colonels they they oh, they went under yep. um the Virginia Squires they don't they didn't exist anymore.
1: such a bad name,
0: yeah, but uh, I digress with the terrible. ABA. Yeah, it was it was it was it was a it was a it was, a, it was, a, it was an ele- it was a time. It, w- it was a, it was kind of like the nexus point. Where is the NBA going to be? Mm-hmm. This is where it's going to be. Right. And we actually uh, speaking of that, uh, of the show, it's based on a book. It's based okay. on a book. We actually interviewed the author of that book, Jeff Perlman. Uh, we, we have it on our sports channel. We interviewed him about his new book about Bo Jackson as well as that that book as well, we talked about the show a tad bit. So it's 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 a it's a show based in based on a book. Just add a little dramatization to it, you know, like you know, a like little. you're not well, yeah, a lot, a lot. <laughs> um, but Rob, when you when you get introduced, like because the main character is Magic Johnson, that's what yep. the main character is. It's Magic Johnson. He's played by um up and comer new actor Quincy Isaiah. Do you think Quincy Isaiah? got magic.
1: Yeah. uh, I will say when you're first introduced to magic in the show, it's just about, it's just before his press conference in the nineties. We all know what happens there. Um, I think the, the look of him there is like, yeah, that's magic. But I didn't really know magic Johnson until I was probably nine years old. This would have been about 83 or so, 84. After uh, uh well, I don't know if we should get too much. It's it's a historical thing, it's not like it's, you can it's really spoil spoilers. From, right, it's, they, it's history. They, yeah, they'd already won a couple of championships, and uh uh that's when I started noticing Magic Johnson. But this is uh like eighty-four, yeah, 84, 85. and he was always to me made out to be so squeaky clean. He was honestly a cartoon character for me. Like he's some like a like he was a hero to kids and stuff like that. You behind the scenes you had no idea. You had no idea that maybe uh, he's an actual human being with his own vices and stuff like that. You know, uh his Women. vices. Yeah, his vices. Definitely women, uh, not yeah, not the best of boyfriends. I will say horrible boyfriend,
0: <laughs> horrible, horrible boyfriend.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, a little, a little trouble uh, with the uh, you know, com- making commitments and stuff like that. But of course, an incredible basketball player. Uh, I love the his whole family. I think his father uh, on the show uh, Serving Senior uh, is honestly terrific. Um, it's, that's a his mother uh again another fantastic performance but the way that she can play magic and stuff like that so as um let's say after he signs his uh contract for instance Mm -hmm. there's that scene or whatever he buys her um a jacuzzi tub and brings it in there and he and she guilts him and shames him for doing it and then the next time you see her she's sitting in Uh, her living room talking about uh, uh, talking to her friends from church, and she is praising that tub and stuff like that. She is two different people all the time, and it's usually not the best towards Irvin, but uh, uh, I can't wait for the second season. I've already seen this first episode of the second season, so we'll see what happens. But um, again, let's go back to uh, Irvin's kind of philandering this. He, uh, uh, of course, we meet Cookie uh cookie mm-hmm. johnson is uh are gonna is such a huge figure in his life always has been um we notice like the ebbs and flows of that and this is happening in one year this entire season happens in one year and he you just see his life going like this and she's just so steady uh has a mm-hmm. couple other boyfriends she stays up in in lansing and uh so uh Irvin, uh hooks up with a girl. I think it's her friend, isn't it? It was her friend. He hooks up with her. Cindy uh, Day, right? And her uh, father becomes uh, her ma- his manager, mm-hmm. and uh, basically ha- breaks up. Uh, uh, gets him to break up with uh, his own daughter or whatever. He gets the two of them split up and stuff like that. Which it's I think all about is great. the money, man. You want to make sure the
0: money was good.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, again. Just uh, more incredible casting. I loved, uh, I loved uh, that character as well. Um, th- all the stuff from Michigan to see magic grounded and stuff like that were great. Um, but let's move back to uh, to Los Angeles and we'll talk about uh, the buses. And uh, we we're introduced very early on uh, to Genie. Hmm? who uh again spoilers uh is the president of the uh los, <laughs> angeles lakers. los angeles lakers now starting there when she's 18 years old um and just a, a fountain of uh 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 ideas and stuff like that about uh how how we can get the the business rolling and stuff like that how like how the the forum was dark 200 nights a year, something like that. And this mm-hmm. is how you make money is by filling it with the uh, uh, music acts and stuff like that, which were going elsewhere. They didn't like the acoustics and people said they want not go. It's just, they're going to go because the forum is going to be the star of the show. It just changed the way people thought about uh, entertaining even and stuff like that. And then putting in that place that you went to there, the, the forum uh, uh, lounge there, uh, just, you know, this is an 18-year-old kid, the only one who really wanted to work with her father. There was the two boys, and the one turned out real, real well. Uh, as long as you're fans of other teams and stuff like that, he did a great job buying them. <clears throat> Bynum. Uh, anyways, uh, we then go on to uh, meet uh, Hakim... Kareem? A- or Sorry, Kareem uh, Abdul-Jabbar.
0: Yep. Played by Solomon Hughes. Yep.
1: And his first ever role. And I remember, well, when I know Kareem, it was the bald Kareem until I saw like airplane and all those other, and, uh, uh, uh game is a game of death that he's in with the uh, Bruce Lee and stuff yes. like that. Yes. But that kid nails Kareem's cadence, like nails it. That's exactly the way he spoke. Um, I think, yeah, it was a fantastic. I think, we're on
0: the, I think we're on the set. We're on the set of airplane.
1: Yeah, like that's yeah. when we meet
0: him. He, we're on the set of airplane while he's like he's wearing, and I'm like, I quickly, I was like, God, oh, this is gonna be funny. He tells the kid to flip off. He's like, Hey, flip off. I mean, <laughs> dad here. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, like so the the bus family, it's like it's a lot of jerry bus exposition early on oh. with john c right he's telling you who he is he's telling you yeah. what he's gonna do uh which you know i'm okay with a little exposition people think like too much exposition i know i think the way the show is is set up this it fits when they break the fourth wall i'll be like oh that's so adam mckay but it fits 100 it, it, it works you know yeah. like because like it's a historical drama it also, no. has
1: to, it also has to, like, the exposition there, because they have to bring a lot of people up to date with uh, Jerry Buss was, what, in his mid-40s, mm-hmm. late 40s, when he, in 79. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have to bring him up with his life. How did this guy, who had, uh, buys the Lakers for basically nothing at the time, with, mm-hmm. like, no, well, no cash, yet property, Like he had, to, he owned the Chrysler building. Like the mm-hmm. Chrysler building was part of the sale, but uh it turns out he only had hundred twenty thousand dollars in actual, like actual cash flow.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: he had to come up with fifteen million dollars. Kind of,
0: it was kind yeah. of like uh, there, like that. Those are one of my like people. Be like, it get it gets very like business, like him and his him and his right hand person. I forgot his name. Um, I'm because I'm looking up the cast. I'm trying to find him. He, he isn't. You know what? God damn. What's his name? What's his name? Uh. <laughs> Alright, yeah, uh, his, uh, he doesn't show up. But yeah, he his right-hand person's like, Hey man, how are we gonna do so? so like they do us kind of like land swapping. They swapping land, they're swapping buildings, like they're moving assets around. And
1: uh Frank Mariani is the guy's name.
0: Yeah, Frank Mariani. He then um they then like like the bank thinks they got him. They got him, and oh. then he walks in and and like right at the deal, he like just sticks it to the bank and the bank's like oh snap and then he's like either you're with me and you're about to make money or you just lost money and i i just flipped you yeah you know what i mean like so like you know they chose this is this is how you pick a cast rob this is how you pick a cast sure a couple of big name people john c riley you know adrian brody jason clark jason siegel Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know, Jason Clark and Jason, uh, Jason Clark may be a kind of a lesser name, you know, but Jason Segel is, is really famous. How I met your mother, uh, Adrian Brody, you know, Oscar winner, Oscar winner, um, the Jamaican from Saturday Night Live. Um, <laughs> I will n- I'll never let him I'll never <laughs> I'll, I'll never let him forget that John C. Riley. Right. You have those three, you know, Titans, you know, you know them and you know, Wood Harris, like, you know, them. But then well, like, Sally Fields, Sally, Field. Sally Fields plays John C. Riley's mom, you yep. know, Jerry Bus's mom. But then like you add like these, 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 you know, lesser names, you know, Quincy Isaiah, Solomon Hughes, Hadley Robinson. People be like, how do you make stars? You get someone no one knows and they become stars. Like yep. no one knew who the hell the people on the Big Bang Theory were. Then after six years, they became the biggest people in, in sitcom TV in America. They, they it had a... some of
1: those he knew from seeing him around and stuff like that. Like the one. Yeah. Guy but, like, but like, and...
0: well, well, like, you know, Jim Parsons, Haley Cuoco weren't yeah. well-known names. Sure. They became the biggest stars out of there. You know, like Simon Helberg and, you know, Maya Bialik. Maya Bialik is now the host of Jeopardy.
1: She'll you always be Blossom mean? to me.
0: Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, but they also do they also they also do the thing where it's like the son plays the father now. There's been a lot of those. James Ga- James Gandolfini's son, you know, O'Shea mm-hmm. Jackson does it. Um Little Meech from BM- BMF and Devon Nixon who plays Norm Nixon is Norm Nixon's son. Yeah. So they have a a a a child of a person who has firsthand experience of all the events. And I I think I think that's a great great way to do it.
1: I but love Rob, the character of Norm Nixon on the show too.
0: My favorite, my favorite episode, my favorite scene with him is when they're at this party, right? He's like, "Oh yeah, man, we're at Donald Sterling's house." I'm like, "Excuse what, huh? What?" <laughs> He's like, "Hey man, go go say hi to Donald." And you then they you, they say hi to Donald, and I'm just sitting there like, "Oh my god!" In like 50 years, you're gonna lose <laughs> your team. <laughs> yep. And then um, and then they play one on one, and then you find out the re. And then I love how John C. Riley basically calls Donald Sterling a, uh, a insecure uh, wannabe, where he's like, "Oh yeah, the reason he bought the San Diego Clippers and moved him to LA, because he wanted to be me." And he's <laughs> like, "Oh, snap, snap!" Yeah, and then he calls him. He calls him out. But I think overall, man, I think we we got great performances. Uh, Rob, what was your favorite performance? Who do you think was a like acted very well in in their in their capacity?
1: Well, like I said, I think uh, Solomon Hughes was probably uh, for from for me was my favorite. Uh, as far as the best, well, John C. Riley, but John C. Riley just seems like John C. Riley in this movie. You know, he, like his name is Jerry Bus, but he, he feels very much like John C. Riley throughout it. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Jason Clark as the logo is very oh, good. God. Uh, I was gonna say that that's my performance. Yeah, I think Jason uh, Clark
0: as Jerry West, is pretty damn good.
1: Jerry West, famously a very uh, difficult, I think, I think that's a nice way to, to think of him, a difficult person. Uh, but then they show like some of the things that like he, again, an awful childhood. He had an awful childhood and he picked himself up. He's the one who made it to the NBA. But the fact that on the night you finally win the title you don't even enjoy it. You can't enjoy yourself. Uh, it, you know, that's the only time I ever felt bad for <laughs> Jerry West in this show. Um, let's see. Other terrific uh, performances. God damn, Like Sally Field as his mom, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just so street smart the entire way. And we knew how that was going to end. It was uh, too bad. Uh, again, uh, Jason Siegel as uh, Paul West had, Again, it just feels like Jason's it's a Jason Segel performance. Like, but I I know Paul Westhead. I know that he's a uh, coach other in other places and stuff like that, but like I've never actually heard him speak. <laughs> so I don't know. I think Adrian Brody as Pat Riley was quite a uh, was maybe I don't know if it was a stretcher, but I don't remember the Pat Riley with the the hair just hanging down and the mustache. I just know the slick back uh, Pat Riley. Well, player
0: know. Pat, player Pat Riley had long hair and a mustache. Yeah, you forget that. Pat Riley played for the Los Angeles Lakers. He was a part of the famous UK, uh the Ken, um, Kentucky team with Adolph Rupp. Uh, they're the team that lost to the UTEP, which is which was Texas Western, mm-hmm. uh, which is now UTEP University of Texas um, El Paso. Um, so there's that. Um, Pat Riley was on the losing end. Uh it, it kind of showed me a different side of Pat Riley. He was down and out. He was Yes. He was he was dead on arrival. He was not the godfather. Like he wasn't Pat Riley walking on the sideline Armani suit. He's not Pat Riley that's resurrected three organizations. Like like people forget Pat Riley has been in thirteen percent of all NBA finals, Rob.
1: Did he really? Did he really? resurrect the Knicks
0: (laughs) well in a sense he did okay in a sense in a sense you know because in the 80s you know we were we were fine we were good with Bernard King but then when Pat Riley showed up it was it was whole new expectations the 90s Knicks are very famous we didn't win a title but you know I think we would have won one if you know we just gave him whatever he wanted which is what Miami did. Miami just gave him what he wanted. Like my, he said, give me what, give me this. And he basically, he owns like 5% of the Miami heat. He's the GM. He was the coach. He, he's, he built the Miami. Heat were garbage. They weren't, there were nobodies, you know, he drafts Dwayne Wade. He didn't have to choose Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade in the draft, you know? So there was that. Yeah. And they, he built the Miami. Heat. he built them, you know, he, like the the team, the, the years the New York Knicks always talk about are the '90s New York Knicks. They didn't want a title, but that's the ones they talk about with with Oakley and Ewing and and Mason and Star and uh, Ron Harper, John Starks. Like people love the '80s Knicks you know, with Bernard King and Ernie Grunfeld, and you know and like King dropping 50 every other night. Then you know the '70s Knicks when they when they win the titles. Like they're legends too, but these modern day Knicks fans. They, they don't remember the 70s. they like, yo, we want a title in the 70s. That's cool. But, you know, that Patrick Ewing, he was damn good. We, one of the main culprits of the resurrection was Patrick, was Pat Riley. And seeing him not confident, seeing him fighting for his life and him accepting a role with Chick Hearn.
1: Yeah, as you know, the yeah, uh, color commentator.
0: Yeah, as the color commentator. And Chick Hearn basically told him, like, less is more. Say one word and shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, because people love
1: he and does not. Show. He does not come off great. Like Chick Hearn is a beloved uh, play-by-play guy for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. He does not fare well. <laughs> I don't think in this show. I, I think. Just that...
0: think no, I just think he's he's like he's just like any other play-by-play guy. He's a little egotistical. He loves the sound of his own voice. Oh yeah. And he doesn't want to share the booth.
1: No, he does not.
0: Like like him acting that way, I'm like, oh, of course. I, like if he didn't act that way, I'd be like, yeah, something's off. Okay. Something's off. You know, you well, got to be a little, you got to be egomaniacal to be in those booths. Cause like you, you're, you're talking. You're talking. And some people hate the sound of their voice. You got to love the sound of your voice to just talk and talk and talk and talk. That's why I'm good at it. Oh my God. I'm an egomaniac
1: well, I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, yeah. now that you, now that you brought it up, uh, Let's go quick. to Speaking of egomaniacs, uh, I believe it's in the first episode where we're mm. introduced to Michael Chiklis as Red Auerbach. <laughs> it's so weird.
0: He's, it's so weird watching him. I'm like, hey, man, that's that crooked cop.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the that's shield. The, that's the, the shield.
0: That's that's the thing.
1: Thing yeah. is playing Red Auerbach. Uh soon after he talks about uh he uh, the the lakers he, to think that it took so much work for the lakers to draft uh magic uh like jerry had an idea like he, like he was more than just the uh next superstar he was going to be uh, like mm-hmm. the biggest star in basketball blah, blah blah he had the idea he was an he's an idea guy he got it uh he understood uh Obviously made the right call, but uh, the second uh, overall pick that year goes to uh, uh the Celtics somehow, and they get uh, Larry Bird, and it's going to set up maybe the best rivalry in sports. Well, no, well,
0: no, Rob. They actually oh, drafted boy. Larry Bird the year prior.
1: Oh, it was the year prior.
0: Yeah, and then they held his territorial rights right. back in the day. You could hold the territorial
1: rights. Yeah, because they had just played the uh, the finals or whatever mm-hmm. for the. uh, uh, the NCAA championship. Mm-hmm. So we here we go. Uh, we're setting. We've set up Magic versus Bird. Uh, they even have a video game about it, if I remember right. Magic mm-hmm. versus Bird. Um, what do you think of the performance of oh, what's his name? Sean, Sean. Sean Patrick.
0: No, no, no. Sean Patrick. Yeah, Sean Patrick yeah.
1: Small. Sean um, Patrick Small as Larry Bird.
0: Fun fact, Rob. Oh boy, that should have been Bill Bill Burnham. Bo Burnham. Really? Bo Burnham signed up to be Larry Bird in the show. Was he going to sing? I don't know.
1: Maybe. Oh, okay. Probably. Sure.
0: But then somehow he fell off the project. And they had to replace him with Sean Patrick Small. And he gets Larry Bird. Because Larry Bird, when he played, was very surly. Very sh- sh- terse. Yes. He He just wanted to play ball. He didn't care about anything else. Hoop. Hoop. Hoop ball is life. That's what Larry Bird was. There's a famous incident. There's a famous moment where after the Detroit Pistons lose to the Boston Celtics, and Dennis Rodman says, Oh, if Larry Bird was black, he would just be any other player. And you know, Isaiah Thomas then agrees with him, you know, and then Larry Bird doesn't care. He doesn't care that they said that. He like he doesn't give a damn. He just wanted to, but they made him do a press conference with Isaiah Thomas to clear the air. But Larry Bird didn't care like he didn't he didn't care. He just didn't. He's like, "I just want to play hoop. Leave yeah. me alone. I don't want to do interviews. I don't want to I don't want this. I want to get on the basketball court. You put a give me a basketball, you tell me to shoot and that's it. That's what I want." But he wasn't allowed to do that because people in America, you started creating the racial divide where it's like, you know, black people rooted for the Lakers, the white folk rooted for the Celtics because the white people had the great white hope and they were like thank god because the nba is not being run by black dudes no more we have our one white dude we have that one white one white dude that can just bust your ass Mm -hmm. and larry bird was like i don't want to be in this i don't care for this this is stuff i don't care for i think that's why him and magic johnson became friends over the years because i think they realized yo man they they pitted us against each other but we never really talked we never really spoke." Then there's that famous story of them doing the Converse commercial, Con- that Converse, the shoot. I love Rob. I love when they do. Was that at the Oli-
1: Was that at the Olympics?
0: No, no, no. That, that was before the Olympics. Okay. When they were doing a Lethal Weapon duo commercial, where oh.
1: where he pulls up to,
0: in French Lake, Indiana, with like his limousine. like lim- and he's like, "Well, what's up, Larry? You fancying a game of one on one?" And they play one on one, like in Gary, like in front of Larry's barn. You know what I mean? So during when they were filming that commercial, they became best friends. Okay. They're like, "Yo, you're a cool dude," and Larry's like, "You're also a cool dude. Why aren't we friends? I don't know. Media, maybe." He's like, "You're right.
1: Let's be yeah. friends." And now they're still friends to this day. Well, That's good. Yeah. So Larry Bird at least has one friend.
0: Yeah, you know, again, <laughs> yeah, he does. It's Magic Johnson. It's Magic yeah, Johnson. M- m- um, like Rob, I love when they do these um sport like uh, basketball shows because Nike somehow always finagles their way in it and it's well, always it's always someone making the biggest mistake and in not investing in nike
1: i'm pretty sure magic talks about that in his biography and i'm pretty sure he talks about the not billion with an with no ass, but billions uh, that that decision cost him. yeah billions in the news billions. like
0: he's like i love when he like during the during that converse and he's like yeah man let's let's put the let's put the magic on the back of the hill and the Converse people were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, we're not putting magic on the goddamn shoe. You're going to wear a Converse. And Nike's like, you should have chose us. Yep. Like, it's like watching the the, the the movie Air. And like, I knew Michael Jordan's going to say yes, because I know the story. I've read the story like a million times. But it's like, yo, if Michael Jordan said no to this, like, would Nike be big? Like, I don't know. Like, it depends. Unbelievable. You know? Yeah, but uh, Rob, billions, what's something,
1: uh,
0: Rob, before you know before we had up, what's something that you didn't know that you kind of found out and you're like, oh snap, really?
1: Well, uh, well, quick before we head uh, uh, on to that, I just want to say like uh, another uh, terrific performance. And there's Wood Harris as Spencer Haywood. Uh, the Spencer Haywood story. Um, I don't know how much you know about him. There is a or was. I believe it's still the rule, the Spencer Haywood rule. Uh mm-hmm. about yeah, hard, uh giving hardships or whatever to uh, uh first year NBA or first year college players to play NBA and stuff like that because his mother was making $2, what was it $2 an hour $2 a day picking cotton. So, yeah, that story told that tells uh in that locker room uh to Kareem, although I guess it's almost 100% made up. Uh is a, one of the most uh, powerful scenes in the, uh, in the show, just when the cream uh, has to tell him that he was the deciding voter or whatever. It's like, well, in actuality, I think, uh, 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 Paul, uh, uh, West had kicked him out for, uh, like kicked him off the team because he kept nodding out because he was, uh, strung out on Coke or whatever. So he got kicked out, but, um, I didn't know that, uh, Jack McKinney coached that team for 13 games. I had no idea. Uh, I had no idea who Jack McKinney was. And mm-hmm. uh, to find out he was the coach, the first coach. Uh, well, yeah, that showtime, that showtime year. Uh, and then to have that accident 13 games in. And it I guess it affected him the rest of his life. Or is, Yeah, he just had. Yeah, he
0: stopped coaching after that.
1: Yeah, because of. He would just have amnesia. He wouldn't know where he was and stuff like that. Uh, Tragic. Um, And that's how Paul Westhead gets in there. And that's where we get Pat Riley to come in. And uh, yeah, I had no idea that they had that other coach. None. Um, Also, I I keep thinking of all these uh, other players and stuff that show up. But uh, Dr. J, uh, that one uh, at the, uh, was it the All-Star game? Yeah, with Dr. J was, mm-hmm. fanta- was fantastic. But uh, what about you? What is it? What didn't you know? Like, at least I, I was alive for this stuff. I don't really remember any of it. But was there anything new for you that this show brought up?
0: Um, you know, the stuff that they probably made up because it was behind closed doors, yeah, but like the stuff that that you can definitely like fact check. I kind of knew most of the stuff except they wanted Jerry Tarkanian. Yes, they wanted Jerry Tarkanian. That and story. I don't,
1: crazy too. We didn't. Need I don't that. know if that <laughs>
0: story's. I, I I don't know if that story's real. No. but I think it is. Maybe where like that sounds they want, right. It sounds right. Where. They killed Jerry Tarkanian. the mob kills Jerry Tarkanian's <laughs> best friend yeah,
1: to ancient. keep him
0: in Vegas. And I'm like, what? And like hey,
1: fourteen years later, it pays off,
0: yeah, and like so they go to the funeral and the 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 wife of the his best friend blames Jerry Bus for getting her husband killed for trying to steal Jerry Tarkanian. And then you then that's it. Oh, and and um Paula Abdul is the first ever Laker girl. That threw me off. Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Shout out you, Paula Abdul.
1: Straight up or,
0: or Karina or Karina Conti the second. Sure. Yeah, and shout do to. Um, but yeah, the Jack, the Jack McKinney one as well. I didn't know about, I didn't fully know about that. Um and Spencer Haywood hiring a hitman to kill Magic Johnson. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, Abdul Jabbar. Sorry, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but before we um before we go, um, a couple of the players who played in that generation aren't fans of the sh- aren't big fans of the show. Uh, Magic Johnson doesn't appreciate how accurate it is. Yeah. Uh because yes, Magic, you are a sexual deviant. There's little legitimate interviews. Okay, Rob. So I, Rob, there's an interview mm-hmm. of Magic Johnson with somebody, and they're talking about sex. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how much how much sex he has? He's like, yeah, man. One time I had sex um, next door to a board meeting. You know, we I stepped, I stepped to the, I stepped in the, the next room as the board meeting was going around, and I was banging, I was banging the chick out. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This guy was having sex in it. And then one time I had sex in the on the floor of a, uh, an elevator. I'm like, what do you do? Like, what are you doing? Like, like, what's going on here? So like, the sexual deviancy of Magic Johnson is is very on point.
1: He was a popular young man.
0: Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know another. An- I think another a- another actor who had a good role was Gabby Hoffman, who plays C- Claire Rothman. Yeah, she is basically she becomes basically the Lakers' legal accountant or something. She like basically runs the business of mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Lakers because Jerry was like, "You're y- y- it's your job," and, and she's like, "Wait, what?" It's like, "Yeah, like you're giving me." Like, yep, I don't care that you're a woman. I don't care. It's the '80s. You do it. And then she was like, "Okay." Um. I'm taking your daughter to work with me. He's like shh, whatever.
1: Well, you know what I mean? and in the show it shows that she did not want her there at all mm-hmm. or whatever. It made yeah. her she was just an intern. Her job was to get coffee and blah, blah blah And eventually uh, gets worn down or whatever, just just realizes Jeannie has a lot going on. Uh mm-hmm. so yeah, so I think becomes a uh bit of a mentor towards uh Jeannie and stuff like that, but uh on the entertainment side, not really on the basketball side, and something that uh Jeannie held on to for uh Right, think I think still to this day was uh, when she was the uh, not just anymore. The, well, she's not even she's not there anymore.
0: Well, no, she's the president of the Lakers now. She doesn't just she doesn't just no, no. do the entertainment. But,
1: right, yeah, no, no. But I was saying like to that day, like uh, she was never really like the ba- she was never like the head of basketball yeah. or no, no, yeah, no. She so, was never the head of basketball. Was, she yeah. was on the other side of yeah of the business. She went so. from
0: entertainment side of the Lakers to being the president of the entire Lakers organization. Yeah, she 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 was she was never basketball. She was never a solely basketball operations person. That was her father and her two and her two to three brothers. And then, she. well,
1: well I think it's Jim more than anybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what's
0: funny about the Jim thing is she told Jim, you have five years to win a title.
1: I think he, I think he said something about, cause he was not doing great. I remember that he was uh not doing great. In and real I life or in the show? I, in well, in real life, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is coming into the 2000s already, and this, yeah, I doubt we're gonna see that. If if we're we gonna could. go there's through a book all, about it, oh my god, uh, if yeah, I think he told her, like, if I don't win, a, if we don't get past the second round of the playoffs in five years or whatever, I'll quit.
0: And he kept she, his word and he dipped, yeah, she, she held it to him, <laughs> yeah. She they probably had an illegal writing, she oh, was like I yeah, I'm put that, I'm put that in writing, homie.
1: Makes uh, an would he, awkward Christmas. It's an it awkward would be an awkward Christmas. But mm-hmm. way longer we it wanted to. Way yeah, longer we wanted
0: to. That's like twelve minutes,
1: and left. we barely talked. All, all we, all basically did was just talk basketball and basketball history. We talked a bit about the show. We mentioned some actors that are in it.
0: It's a great show, guys. It's really great. Um, Richard Pryor shows up, who's played by Michael Epps. <laughs> All I'll say is this man the best character. Well, it's funny I say character because he's a real person, but the best portrayal is Jason Clark's Jerry West. I love Jason Clark. Jason Clark was a was a tremendous addition to Oppenheimer earlier on when I was watching Oppenheimer. He plays the the a lawyer or like the interrogation lawyer mm-hmm. for security clearance. But Jason Clark, man, As Jerry West. There are just there are moments where Jerry it got real serious with Jerry West, where he he he's talking to Irvin. He didn't want Irvin. He didn't want him oh. it's like i didn't i don't want this kid i don't want this kid this kid is no because you know they were completely they already accidents. they already had
1: norm nixon norm nixon yeah. was doing well like i yeah. think he was third in the league in assists the year before and stuff like that so yeah he was good he was a yeah, good so, point guard
0: yeah so so they tell they tell they tell jerry west you want to be the gm and he's like no hell no hell, hell no becomes he probably becomes the be- the best GM and one of the best GMs in NBA history <laughs> but sure you know it's whatever but he's like no I don't want to be a no damn GM Bill get, leave me alone you know and he tell and he said fine you want to draft magic fine but then like him and magic have this like serious moment in the tunnel where he just lays into magic and says this is what you are do you want to be this and it's like very serious and like Jerry West is being Jason Clark man phenomenal phenomenal yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm gonna rewatch the entire season. I me mean, rewatch yeah. it.
1: Yeah. It's worth it. It's
0: worth it. But on that yeah. note, guys, Rob, we're gonna be able to find you, my man.
1: You can find me right here on the Let's Get Ready Network. Well, the highlights uh the English Premier League season has started. Well, it's just about to start. By the time you're watching this, it's probably started. Uh and we'll be back on Mondays after every weekend's action reviewing recapping predicting all that with our buddy adelia and uh, that's uh tuesdays on the let's get ready network the highlights channel uh there's a bunch of uh, other stuff heading up the pike uh, entertainment news break is on a bit of a hiatus because you know there's no entertainment news besides strike uh and then possibly well not possibly definitely going to be watch along for some show that I really, really love. Uh, uh, nobody can tell just by looking at the background of my wall here, but uh, we'll be doing that very soon as well. Hopefully, in the next few weeks, we can get the coming the Rewatchers Council. Uh, ideally, be on it. I believe some other guy might show up on uh, that show as well, mm-hmm. uh, reviewing Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. Uh, coming very soon to the Let's Get Ready Network, just a regular channel. The one that this one's on. Mm-hmm. How about you, Ferris?
0: First of all, guys, I want you guys to like this video and oh, subscribe yeah. to the channel. I believe we ha- we're we at 850. Is it 850? We're at 850 subscribers. You're trying to get to 900. You know what? Let's try to get to 1,000. It's 150 subscribers to 1,000. So let's do that. Make sure to hit that notification bell as well to get all the notifications of all our videos. That's really much all I'm going to do. I want- this is what I want you to do. Ooh. I want you to like this video, and I want you to subscribe to this channel. And I want you to hit that notification bell. Mm-hmm. If you have more support in your system, join us at our Patreon at patreon.com slash lgr underscore network. You know, we have we have multiple tiers. Um, you know, you could, you know, you could, you know, we have the $15 tier where you, you know, get to sh- show up on a get to show up on an an, a, an episode of your choice as well as you get um a patreon request video if you want one yeah. uh and then if you're on the ten dollar tier you get to join us for watch alongs if you're on the five dollar tier you get to join us you get to watch the watch alongs but also as well you go you join our pick'em teams You have pick'em leagues at the five dollars tier, as well as fantasy sports at the ten dollar tier you have fantasy football we got um fantasy e- uh, english premier league as well uh, and you know then you know when when tournament time comes we have the tournament bracket challenge. So there's that as well. And on that note, everyone, thank you guys so much for joining us. Have a wonderful time. And we'll see y'all next time. Episode one episode one. The review of season two, episode one is coming out shortly. So be on the lookout for that. Peace.